0: Hi everyone, welcome to a new episode of Narratives of Purpose. I am your host, Claire Maurigande. On this podcast, I bring you inspiring individual stories of ordinary people making extraordinary social impact. My guest today is Lucy Antrobus. Lucy is the founder of Refugee Voices, an NGO based in Lausanne, which works to empower refugees and other marginalized groups in Switzerland through self-confidence, storytelling, and capacity-building programs. In our discussion, Lucy tells me about her ambition to make an impact in the world by tapping into the human potential in diverse communities. Please take a moment to rate and review the show by subscribing on your preferred podcast platform. But for now, have a listen to Lucy's story and her passion to empower people to find their voice. Welcome to the podcast, Lucy. How are you today?
1: Hi, Claire. I'm fantastic today. Great to be here with you.
0: Thank you so much for joining me. I'm really excited to have you on the show today. So, Lucy, you are the founder and chief innovation officer of Refugee Voices, and you are one of the people I very recently met through LinkedIn. When we connected, I found that you had such a fascinating profile for two reasons. First, you came across as really an inspirational person with a lot of energy and so much power. And the second thing is that I was intrigued by Refugee Voices. What was that organization? At the same time, you had two words describing you in your profile, you know, next to CEO, entrepreneur, board advisor, facilitator, and speaker. You had two words which really piqued my curiosity. Those words were confidence catalyst. I would like you to tell me more about Refugee Voices and what it means to be a confidence catalyst. But before we dive into that, I would like to let you introduce yourself and share a few words of your background for our listeners.
1: Sure, well, thank you so much, Claire, for the lovely introduction. You've you've butted me up there. I hope I can meet those expectations of the energy and, and the inspiration. It's very, very humbling. I will bounce off of you there with this intrigue around the confidence catalyst to articulate a little bit about who I am. So the confidence catalyst in a way is a bridging of two worlds where we have coming together of this scientific part of me um, represented by that catalyst piece having a background and a master's in in sustainable chemistry actually at the outset wanting to be an eco-warrior when I first started out in my professional life and then on the other side of it this confidence piece of seeing around the world in different communities having worked in Mexico, Korea, across Europe, Africa and beyond that no matter what where in what community, there's often these amazing untapped sources of human potential. And there's an expression which goes, human potential is the only limitless resource in the world. And so it was kind of a fascination of, wondering with my scientific experimental brain how we can tap into that and empower more and more communities. So that's a little bit about my my origins, um, including some Englishness for sure and some South African heritage and and how that manifests now, which is the kind of mission and impact I want to make into the world, which I'd currently summarise into, let's say, three circles and it links to what we do at at Refugee Voices and that is enabling people to find their voice, and what I mean by that is daring, being bold enough to express who they are in society and make a positive contribution. The second is owning their story no matter where they come from, what their restrictions or their superpowers, that they really own who they are because then they can show up as their biggest and boldest selves. And then finally using all of that to channel that to make a positive impact into society. And maybe that's how bridging how you connected with me and and how I also was inspired by what you do is sharing more and more stories of people who are daring to go out and make a positive contribution. And I I attempt to be one of those people on a daily basis.
0: Wow, that's really amazing. And I really love the eco warrior part you just mentioned there. So you've given me already a bit of insights on Refugee Voices, but can you expand and tell me what is the purpose, in essence, of your organization?
1: On the most fundamental level, what we do at Refugee Voices is about repurposing struggle into strength. And we do that through storytelling, by using storytelling as a vehicle for personal transformation. I'll give you an example in a moment of what that concretely looks like, but first, what are the actual impacts of this experience of, of this transformation? And one piece is quite simply enabling people to feel good in their skin. And there's an expression in French which is sentir à l'aise dans la peau, which just translates to to feel good in one's skin and that really resonates in our community because when people have lived through all sorts of trauma whether it's been starving in the desert for several weeks whether it's being intercepted by smugglers whether it's having lived out of dust bins for several weeks trying to trying to hustle just trying to stay alive that actually to to be in an environment where you feel good in your own skin is very simple but incredibly powerful and that can have an impact on how you interact with people, how you show up when you walk into a room. And so the knock-on effects are quite holistic. And we aim for that as a result of our confidence catalyzing that people are, they feel firstly better in themselves, that they realize and recognize the value that they have as an individual and a person. And as a result of that, they connect to their most powerful self and start channeling and using that powerful self to make a difference in their lives and have self-agency over their future. So then in society, how this manifests is, for example, the speed at which they acquire the local language like French, they will increase because they're more participative and they're less fearful in their French class or the depth to which they build and make relationships becomes better and more meaningful because they have less fear to share and show up and exchange with things that are are true to themselves. And finally, that has an impact on their employability as they're able to show up dynamic, confident, look the interviewer in the eyes for a professional interview and form then those relationships inside their internships or jobs which enable that more sustainable professional integration.
0: Okay I see so it's really an approach that has a holistic impact right? Yes
1: and it's really about looking what we noticed or we started to identify when we when we first entered the space which was just in 2019 not long ago with with our fresh eyes was that often in this space people can be looked at as human statistics and looked at from the perspective of what are they missing? What languages do they not speak? What skills do they not have? And I at least personally was amazed and incredibly in awe of some of the refugees I encountered who spoke Tamil, they spoke Farsi, they spoke French, they spoke English, they spoke German, uh, languages from all around the world, which implies a real agility of mind to be able to operate in these different operating systems in a way of the brain and thought wow well if we can build up and leverage what they have versus what they don't have then maybe that strength of power and that value in in the difference can be used to to strengthen their future and so what we looked at is rather than fixing and making oh you're you're good in all of these ways but you don't speak French yet let's work on that is rather working from this human-centric approach of wow let's value you for a second for who you are and where you come from And maybe by getting you to reconnect with that personal pride that is often lost when you've been in grief, you've lost loved ones when you've been through trauma, that if we help you reconnect with that pride, actually, we don't need to fix any of those other things because your increased confidence and engagement will enable you as as an empowered individual to go after and gain those new skills where you need them. So it's just a a shift in the type of approach that we would typically see, see in the local ecosystem.
0: It's actually quite powerful, and at the same time, it just makes sense. It feels normal, right, that you would first focus on the human. And somehow, it's it's a bit astonishing that it hasn't been done before, you know? And I find that quite interesting.
1: I think I have a massive amount of respect for the institutions that already exist, and particularly the, the government ones who... I think in Switzerland are incredibly generous and there's a lot of infrastructure and support and so really the positional standpoint we come from is how can we make you more effective, you more sustainable to increase your results and so we're very much oriented towards supporting our partners, working in collaboration to complement what is already there which I think is very, Switzerland is very significant I think compared to other countries and and then leverage um, some of the great innovation also coming out of the space so for example some of the entrepreneurship incubators such as Singer or Capacity based in Geneva and Zurich they have these awesome programs how can we enable those programs to be already more successful um, as well as complementing the governmental institutions such as language and so forth that's what we also noticed it's incredibly simple incredibly powerful and often things that are so close to us are the the easiest things to miss maybe it was a value that all of all of our team initially had no experience in the refugee or migration space and we just came at it from a totally fresh lean startup how can we make a positive contribution and this kind of naive approach of wow well like just like anything else by practicing something you can learn it and grow that skill or capacity and that's definitely a a core mantra of our community and how we view how you view talent, that anybody can be whoever they want to be, as long as they show up, they participate with their whole hearts and a whole bunch of other ingredients. Your, your fate is not sealed based on, based on where you come from or, or what your current situation is.
0: Now, I'd like you to share more insights and tell me what led you to create Refugee Voices. The
1: creation of Refugee Voices was in a way the unification of two parallel But connected forces and the one was my personal motivations and interest in diversity and how diverse talent human potential can enable us to live in a more innovative and dynamic world. I'll get more into that in a minute. And then on the other side, noticing a gap in the ecosystem, starting with, with Switzerland, specifically the refugee ecosystem, integration ecosystem in Switzerland. In a way, at that, that time, I was looking to move out of a multinational, having worked in lots of different places, devising strategies for how we grow, grow businesses in, in uh, the Americas to Europe and in Asia, and looking at how I could really, with my diverse international experience, manifest the world in one room and add value where I was contributing to people on a human-to-human level and really getting a tangible sense of positive impact. So that was on the one side my personal motivations and then where this ended up manifesting was also simultaneously noticing that in the refugee integration ecosystem in Switzerland, It's an amazing country from the perspective that there's a lot of welfare support for different types of communities. So in Switzerland, if we think about Maslow's pyramid of needs, you have, in the majority of cases, accommodation provided for a basic social stipend, uh, access to language classes. So in a very, in basic ways, people are enabled to survive and have the basic shelter type supports they need. But I noticed that in a certain population where you have really talented, highly educated, and you could call them high potential uh, group of refugees who are in their past lives, engineers, doctors, lawyers, teachers, typically sought after skill sets in Europe, that unemployment was uh, a big issue, but they had access to basic integration infrastructure. But something, something was missing and something was not enabling that to be successful in, in them getting professional employment and other opportunities. And so when realizing this, we dug into, and there was a few encounters with different organizations where, what's actually going on here? If they're talented, they've got a network access and they've got support to get access to jobs. And the feedback I got was, the biggest problem we have is their confidence. It's not their technical skills, but it's their confidence. And I thought, wow, well, just like anything, confidence is something that you can build and you can, increase and acquire through practice. So that led to a variety of experiments and then led to research on looking at, wow, there's 90% unemployment rates in certain cantons. What can we do about this? And if we just provide this one missing piece, we can actually enable working with partners, the rest of the integration ecosystem to become sustainable. And that's win, win, win. Win from the perspective of the individual, they gain so much pride. And self-esteem when they're employed or in in uh, gainful opportunities. The second is on the level of the employers who gain and benefit, and the businesses. And the third is more broadly on the level of society having less unemployment, less clashes between different subsections of the culture and the community. So to summarize back to that, there were personal motivations that led me to want to work in the human impact, the social impact, uh, dynamic kind of entrepreneurship ecosystems with a focus towards diversity of some shape or form, whether it be women, different communities or other, and wanting to make the biggest amount of positive impact possible which is often means working with the most marginalized in a community, and then simultaneously noticing that there was this need on the ground that with providing one small piece, that it could make the rest of the ecosystem sustainable.
0: You just mentioned something there in part of your answer, which is Maslow's Pyramid of Needs. Can you tell me about that? What is it exactly?
1: Sure. So there's different schools of thought as to how accurate this is. So psychologists cut me some slack here. In essence, it is a pyramid which structures or categorizes human needs based on what is the most important and urgent. And if you have the lowest ones in the pyramid, then you're able to access the higher levels. So for a concrete example, the lowest needs would be, but most important, the first pillar, as it were, would be things such as food and shelter. You're able to survive and you're not fighting life and death. On a day-to-day basis and as you go higher up the pyramid you would arrive at something like self-actualization which would be not only that you are for example employed but that you're doing something that leverages your strengths where you feel fulfilled you're stretching your potential and then everything else in the middle is a sliding scale in between and the idea is that by starting at the bottom if you fulfill your basic needs you're enabled then to to access and begin to gain value from from the levels above.
0: Another question, there's a point I wanted to address earlier. You mentioned um, marginalised communities. So which communities or which groups are you working with?
1: So we focus on young refugees, and these are people who come from Yemen, Venezuela, Iran, Iraq, Sri Lanka, all over the world, um, usually focusing on refugees up to the age of 35. We focus around the, the slightly younger ones, and that, that's our main group. Plus, a mixture of individuals who are from typically a migrant background, also Swiss, who can come from anywhere, but who are motivated uh, to participate in our program, because we believe the magic is in the mix. And this great inspiration and learning throughout the program, in addition to the program objectives can happen by diverse minds meeting and mutually inspiring. So to call out a few types of communities that we that we work with, it's refugees, it's migrants to a certain extent, asylum seekers. We've worked with women who face domestic abuse. We are looking to work with people who've had rare diseases, uh, women of different shapes and forms, rural women entrepreneurs in North Africa and beyond. So we have quite a lot of different communities that we work with, but the idea is always around empowering them to connect to their voice, to take a stand, make a positive contribution and add impact to their society or connect their most powerful selves and leverage their
0: impact. To build up on that, you mentioned earlier a three-month program. What is it exactly that you offer those who join Refugee Voices?
1: The program is a three-month program which has weekly sessions where they start from perhaps being shy or having certain inhibitions to then at the end of the program, standing in front of an audience, sharing a deeply personal story in an engaging way about something a real lived experience and connecting it to where they want to go in the future. What we find as a result of this is they gain this moment of pride that can act as a springboard for where they want to go in the future. Because if they've done something that they believed was previously impossible, has now become possible, what else can they do? What else can they achieve in their future? And then on the other hand, it provides this source of inspiration to the local community or those who show up virtually or in person to challenge stereotypes around what refugees are, or migrants are, or people in general, as well as providing them a source of inspiration that they can, that they can also make a difference. To, to recap on that, it's a three-month program, around a two-hour session, once every week. We're now running our programs virtually, so wherever you're based, there's a possibility to join. We have some key attributes of who we, who we accept onto the program, but a really key one is motivation. So if that shows up in force, then it's pretty hard for us to, for us to say no, as we are, we are with big hearts.
0: <laughs> I know it's always difficult to pick an example of success or something specific to showcase really what you have done, but do you have some highlights that you can share at this point on how this program has impacted those who attended it? Yes,
1: absolutely. With our partnership that we did at the beginning of last year, so the beginning of 2020, with the Grand Théâtre de Genève, which is the famous prestigious opera house based in Geneva, Switzerland, and another NGO who focuses on using culture and the arts for integration of diverse communities. And what we were doing there is we had this pivotal role working between operatic and actor professionals and refugees, where we had to basically take these refugees and in the space of six weeks, get them from from zero experience to being ready to be performing in an opera, in this famous opera house, live with professional actors and and, and singers. So our focus of that project was building them with a skill set to be able to work with professionals, to have stage presence and have some creative flair that they actually add value to the production as opposed to just being extras and the the particular relevance or beauty of this project was that it wasn't just any average opera the opera was called voyage vers l'espoir in french which in english means journey towards hope and it was a modern opera written about the the journey of a turkish family migrating from turkey coming to switzerland And so the director and the artistic team wanted to replicate, manifest this, this authenticity in its cast members and also not only use it as a storytelling, but use it as a mechanism of empowerment by providing jobs to refugees to being able to then participate in one of the finest cultural institutions in in Switzerland. So that was a really beautiful project. And to come to a concrete example of what is the name of one person I will rename for discretionary purposes. So Kali, Kali was a young man from Afghanistan, around 25 years old, who participated in this program. And he stood up at the end of the program and he shared as a means of expressing himself, showing his artistic intent and being vulnerable and courageous in front of a group of around 30 people. He shared Albert Camus' Nobel Prize acceptance speech, but in a way that pivoted on his own particular reflections about what art meant to him. And some of the phrases in that dialogue included, I cannot live without art. And so he goes on to to describe this experience and connection and relationship with art. And it was so beautiful and so embodied, I was incredibly impressed with, with his performance. So we had this incredibly inspiring evening and I had people say who've worked in that that space for 10 years say wow I've worked with refugees and with these organizations but I've never seen them like this it was this real eclectic inspiration in in the energy in the room but what does that all really mean well to fast forward we then had a conversation between our team and the team of our partners at Association Antidote and Huda who leads up that organization shared that one of the individuals, this young man, Kali, she said, it was incredible because I've known this young man for several years, but before he did not speak. So in a way that moment kind of embodied why we do what we do, why we did what we did. Because even if just one person is moved from a position of having a fear to speak and share about themselves, whether through past trauma or whatever the reason, not feeling accepted, to not only having a voice and speaking and interacting to make relationships of all sorts in the rest of their life, but that they dare to be vulnerable and share how much art means to them and in relation to their dreams. We thought, wow, if we can do this for one man, one young man, we have a responsibility to keep doing it and enabling that for other people.
0: That is absolutely incredible and very impressive. Congratulations on your work for that. Let me come back to something I had noticed on your profile as well: is that your organization is barely two years old, but within this time you've already received quite a few prizes. From what I saw, you have three different awards. So there's the Prix Novateur du Jury from CCCI of Canton de you have the community award from the singer entrepreneurship factory and then you have the medal for wisdom and compassion and the jury prize for the good festival so on one hand it's quite impressive for something that has been in existence for only two years but what does this prize mean to you
1: well the first and easy way is is it's just an excuse to celebrate our fantastic team and and remind them of how awesome they are from an external perspective and just encouraging them to keep doing the awesome job that they are doing. And then on top of that, I think it provides some of the fuel of what we do because we are still a small bootstrapped NGO that is built on a mission, built on passion, and is often fueled by the testimonials of our participants about how powerful it is for them in their lives. But it's also incredibly encouraging when there are external bodies who can bring another perspective and other credibility and resources and support to encourage us likewise, that what we are doing can become sustainable. Not only are the the beneficiaries who we work with, the refugees and so forth, benefited, but also that the team gains a sense of pride. What we do at Refugee Voices is not just about our beneficiaries. It's not just about our team members. It's not just about our community, but it's really in our holistic approach about all of those things. We aim to, for everything that we touch, have a positive impact. And that means that, of course, the beautiful, awesome, inspiring beneficiaries are inspired, leave more powerful, gain skills that they wouldn't otherwise have when they leave our program, that also our team grow, become bigger leaders versions of themselves. And likewise, that our community gets to feel some of this inspiration and tangible impact on on their lives. So I suppose the prizes are, are symbolic of encouraging us that we are moving in the right direction and showing us that as we aim and we strive to be collaborative when we strive to have a positive impact in different areas that this is also being seen and heard. Those prizes that you mentioned, one was from festival sustainable innovation, another was from an entrepreneurship incubator for migrants, and the latter was, or the first one you mentioned, was from a local government body. So these are different stakeholders in different parts of society that are recognizing us. And I guess that matches our holistic vision and mission to contribute to society at large in all these different areas. Symbolically, it's just really exciting that, hey, if we're being recognized in that way from government, from entrepreneurship incubators, from festivals of sustainable innovation, we can keep doing what we love doing. And that's food for the soul for, for our team.
0: I like that, food for the soul. So yeah, it's quite encouraging in showing that you're on the right path. One other thing to bounce back on something that you just said, you mentioned that you're still a small organization and still bootstrapped. What has been the major challenge for you putting together this organization? Because, you know, I can imagine it's not straightforward to come up with this idea of an organization which is building confidence for marginalized communities. What were your major challenges, perhaps one or two, that you had to face? And how did you get the support to go through it?
1: Amongst a whole host of challenges, I'll speak about one which is very personal to me, and had a strong impact last year between 2019 and 2020 was let's call it the the impact of working with people and getting them to connect with and share very personal stories at times of great difficulty and our community has collectively trained over over 350 migrants of different shapes and sizes in Switzerland and beyond through facilitating that journey of people sharing some of their struggles and typically leaving inspired and moved by that, there was a point that came into my life where people were leaving a room inspired, sharing things that they hadn't connected with people for years previously. And I felt exhausted, I felt sad, I felt tearful, and in a way just collapsed. Um, and sort of had, luckily, a very good friend to to welcome me and and let me just cry it out. And that was a really worrying sign for something that I loved doing, but that really rocked me as a person. And in exploring and starting to realize, in the same way that I was giving support to these refugees and we were as a community and an organization, I also needed to build in support and infrastructure so that I could continue inspiring and empowering and having a joyful time doing it as opposed to giving all of myself away and, and, and leaving not much left to take care of myself. So there's different schools of thought. Some psychologists would would term some of what I was experiencing transferal trauma. Um, it's, a, it's I think it's a new, new science in some ways, at least in the conflict resolution or the aid worker space, amongst other things. Um, but I guess the big takeaway from that was to put strong people around me who could support me so that I could keep supporting others so that filtered into various filtered into plans and how we reorganize our organization subsequently uh, some coaching support that we got and very much as a a strong theme for me in 2021 of having really awesome mentors around me who who often happen to be elder women with experience and and wanting to to give back and support other young women to perhaps get to get to where they have
0: come thank you that's quite an important aspect. And it's very moving. So thank you for opening up and sharing that with me. I really appreciate that. Now let's look ahead. What is in the future for your organization? Do you have great dreams or things that you absolutely want to put in place that you can share here? Yes, we do. We
1: are very excited about this year. And I'm very excited, particularly because I'm very proud of our team, and I see it flowering and blossoming even even more this year. The the growth of the journey starts from within and starts from the nest, which is which is the team in our case. So concretely, what are some of the things we're excited about this year? We're all excited about growth because we've identified this very simple formula, which which I haven't spoken much about. So feel free to get in touch, listeners, to learn more about that, which enables people to go from that closed bud or butterfly cocoon into that blooming butterfly in a very short space of time and because it's so simple and it's very easy to put in place you just need a handful of humans really and you can make it happen that we have this great sense of responsibility to want to share this we see the impacts and the results it has people who go from uh, before I felt depressed, I was insomniac. I could not sleep. And now they're beaming. They've got a new job as carpenter. They're the most beautiful smile you've ever seen walking around. So in that in that that vein, we want to increase our partnerships and collaborations this year, and we are looking to do that in three ways. the The first way is that we want to take our know-how from from Switzerland and enable other organizations to benefit that are out of our geographic borders. So we're working on a collaboration with the United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees in North Africa, so that we can pass on this, this know-how to other communities and enable them to take it forth and multiply. The second way is that we want to expand our range of, of the kind of services or programs that we offer. And by that, I mean, moving from our classical confidence style workshops whether that's a three-month program a six-week program or programs with partners and using storytelling and other means adding on top of that a train the trainer module program which enables people who are really excited and graduates in our alumni community to not only experience the program for themselves but able to learn those tools so that they can take it away and use it in their communities whether in Switzerland or beyond. So it's shifting from just doing in-house to passing that knowledge on to our partners more formally. And then the third area is that we have thus far principally focused, though not exclusively on refugees, and we realize that whether it's a senior, an elder person who's been made redundant looking to reestablish their careers, or it's young women who are fearful of being in a male dominated environment, uh, looking to expand their career when they're fresh out of university or refugees, we see that actually we all have a lot in common and we all have similar desires and so we'd like to enable sharing this this knowledge or or programs to communities who are not just refugees but really from lots of different walks of life. So strong ambitions, we want to go to Africa, (laughs) we want to we want to scale, we want to enable more partnerships And uh, ultimately, beyond all of the the growth plans, very concretely, we want to keep that quality that we have in our community and keep enabling those most beautiful moments when someone goes, aha, now I realize that if I believe I can, I can do it. So those are the kind of moments we are ultimately trying to manifest in the thousands in 2021.
0: That sounds really exciting. And I hope that you will be successful. Before we come to the last part, I have one more question. It's one of my favorite questions, actually. Do you have a piece of advice that you were given at some point in your life that you still consider today to have served you throughout your journey? And what is that advice? There, there's so
1: many lessons I could, I could give you a lot. There's been so much learning in, in the last year or two. But to give you one concrete one, which I think is applicable to, to anybody out there, Especially if you're looking to make a career shift, realize some kind of goals that seem way out there and inachievable, but you 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 want to you want to give them a try at least, is to put cheerleaders around you. And by that, I mean they don't have to be people who are significantly more experienced, like coaches or mentors, but people really who on a day-to-day basis, you can come to when you're feeling wobbly or when you've had a problem and share what you're doing and they will just be there for you or they will at the base of things, believe in you, encourage you to keep going. And I think there's a space, people talk about what kind of roles or profile you need in your life and you need mentors and you need coaches to push and mentors to support you, coaches to push and stress you. But I'd add a third category there, which is cheerleaders. I've noticed or experienced the phenomenal power of, of cheerleaders, especially in the, our more isolated physical environments because of COVID-19 in 2020 and as it continues, that having creative partners in crime, sisters in the hood, people who are going to push and inspire you, but particularly will believe in you no matter what, whether it's friends or family, to be incredibly powerful. And I just give a shout out to, to some of my, my sisters in the hood, as I call them, to alma Asada, to Orshi Bada, amongst others, who, when I've been on this rocky rocky journey, cried my eyes out, not understanding what is happening to me, uh, or have been challenged with a rejected application of our funding, or otherwise, that, that they've been there and, and been incredibly supportive. So I'd call it cheerleaders, or in the words of Julia Cameron, a believing mirror to reflect back at you that, that you can, even when you're faced with, with doubt.
0: That's some good advice. For me personally, I am taking out The Sisters in the Hood. I had never heard about that. It's the first time I hear that and I like the way it sounds. Thanks for sharing that. Okay, Lucy. So now for the last part of the podcast, what I'd like to do is get a sneak preview into what type of music you're listening to or perhaps what books you're reading. So are you ready for my quick three questions? I am. Question number one. What song are you listening to nonstop these days? Or if you don't listen to a lot of music, what book are you reading right now?
1: So that is an easy win. There's a strong candidate there. I actually just discovered about a week ago. The song is called I Need You by John Baptiste. And why I love that is because I might have indulged in a dance top on a friend's rooftop because I was so excited it moved me into action, this song, and uh, I really recommend that people listen to the, the YouTube video because the, the, the music video that goes with it is a, tells a beautiful story and it's super energetic, it leaves you feeling inspired and uh, a great tune to dance to.
0: Question number two. Is there an artist or a band, perhaps even a book? that has particularly resonated with you at some point in your life?
1: Yes, I'm again going to use a fairly fresh example. So the beginning of last year, 2020, it was a bit of a rocky period. I was trying to re-establish myself in different ways. There was heartbreak in the mix. There was transferal trauma from working with the refugee community and uh, various other dynamics going on. And a book that I encountered at that time was julia cameron's the artist's way which in a way is a creative guide to self-compassion amongst many other things but i found it to be a beautiful read and there's some activities that i took from that book which i use to this day and i think i will
0: use forever third and last question what is your all-time favorite album or your all-time favorite book that you would absolutely recommend So the book is, this
1: is what came to my mind instinctively, the book is called The Power of One. I read it when I was a young teenager, about 13 years old, and it had a significant effect on me. I have South African parents, but was brought up in the UK and just found this book to be a beautiful emblem of empowerment and looking into, in a way, my historic roots also Racial challenges that we face in society, and how an underdog can triumph or leave hope in, in ether. And it leaves an elusive ending. Um, but in, in my mind, whether my 13 year old brain is, is totally accurate in what I remember of it was incredibly powerful and incredibly symbolic for
0: me. So, Lucy, we are at the end of the show. I would like to really thank you so much for taking the time to join me today and have this wonderful conversation. Before I let you go, I'd like to leave you the last word. If there's anything you'd like to add, the floor is yours.
1: I will leave you with one of our favorite mantras of our community, which Claire, I think you you are embodying at this moment in time with your podcast, and that is, courage is contagious. So I just say to everybody listening, go get out there. If you're courageous, it can become contagious, and we can contagious the whole world with beautiful impact oriented actions let's let's go make some make some things happen
0: well on that great note thanks again lucy
1: thank you so much claire
0: that was episode 10 a conversation with lucy antrobus lucy is such an inspirational powerhouse with a great ambition to uplift communities across continents In case you wish to learn more about refugee voices, you'll find the link to their website in the show notes. You'll also find the link to the podcast page for the additional references from our discussion. Thank you so much for tuning in today and listening to this new episode. I appreciate you taking the time. Don't forget to follow us on social media, either LinkedIn, Instagram or Twitter to get your timely updates. Tune in on April 19th for the last episode of this season. Until then, take care of yourselves, stay well and stay inspired.